I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey, hey, this is Josh Richmond, and you are listening to the Voice of Survival podcast, exclusively on the Journey into Comics Network. of survival podcast it's episode 20 as the introduction said i am your host nate today joining me is my friend comedian keith evans welcome how you doing what's up man not much how's it going it's going all right it's going all right busy but all right you are a busy dude you've got like an album that's about to drop you're on like a bunch of podcasts you're gonna host some karaoke yeah, I am. You're getting am. married? I'm actually doing that weekly, the karaoke thing. Really? So That's cool. Anybody listening want to go to Twin Cane in Griffith on every Thursday? Cheap pop. Yeah, cheap Love pop. Love it. That's great. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right, man. Like I said, I just a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm getting married. That's you know, wild. You, that's there's a, like a lot of different avenues where we could go down here. Okay. So I'm going to start at the basics because right. honestly... Like 50 to 60% of your life, I probably don't know. And actually, it's probably like more like 90%, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? Where were you born and raised? Uh, So I was born, uh, according to my birth certificate, I was born in East Chicago, Indiana. Cool. Um, At St. Catharines, I think that's the hospital there. I did a drug Uh, test there once. Oh, sweet. I think I've done a drug test there, actually, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also think it's a different building from since when I (laughs) was born too. So totally, I think it was a manger when I was born. So wow, no, I'm just (laughs) um, that old, huh? Yeah, (laughs) terrifying. Um, Yeah, I was born there, and then I'm adopted. So oh, uh, when I was I don't know purchased or however that works. Okay, uh, (laughs) I then uh, was moved to Gary, Indiana. Oh. and that's where my parents raised me. Cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it was Gary, Indiana, and like, I mean, I was born in '77, so, uh, and then I was adopted like three months after I was born. Oh. So pretty much, you know, pretty fresh. So you didn't really spend any time in the system, getting bounced around. No, really? no, no, no. I I don't have the cool like 
you know, foster. I don't know if that's thing. cool. Well, I don't know, but everybody, you know, it. I mean, they make it look cool in the movies. They like, where it's just like uh, school, like you know, when people put uh, what school they went to on like their uh, Facebook profile, it's mm-hmm. like the school of hard knocks. <laughs> like, like that's not a school. Like, that that's is not, not a, school. a school. They do not transfer it, credits. It's just life. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. just called life. Like right. we, we all get, life, we all man. take the bombs. Yeah, we all live life. It's all right. Uh, so that's very interesting. Three months, you're adopted. Same, you stay with the same family. You're, you're like still throughout yeah. your life. That's amazing. Yep. So yep. that's badass, dude. Yep. Like the, not everybody gets that cool. True. Like, like that, True. that lucky. Was I have the. I mean, you know the when you do like the stereotypes of like black kids or whatever. Okay. Like, um, it's funny. Usually, when I tell people I'm adopted, everyone's like, "Oh, so your parents are white?" And I'm like, "No." Only my parents are black. Like I actually would not have assumed. People anything. always was, assume like very interesting. I spent like a lot of time. I mean, I have recently spent a lot of time around white people. Okay, fair uh, enough. But like most of my life, like leading up to like freshman year, freshman sophomore year in college, like I was around black people all the time. Like I grew up in Gary. I was in the Glen Park area, which was like I think at the time, like in the early, very early eighties, it was considered the nice part of Gary. Cool. Uh, and then it got significantly worse as I grew up. Uh, and um, so you kind of lived the transformation of Gary to what a lot of people probably know. Yeah, it as I now. mean, it was already it was already all, like you know the white flight stuff had already happened. Uh, Miraville was already a thing at this point. Miraville was really nice when yeah. I was little. Though, like when I was little, Miraville was super nice. Like it was just like we go to Maryville. Like, we're going to Maryville today. Like we're going to the venture in Maryville. <laughs> Ritz so, City, USA. Yeah. And now it's just like ultra gentrified. Yeah, it's just like well, it's just you know, it's Maryville. I was like, who it, cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, I um, there. So I grew up in Gary, and like it, you know, there was a the whole thing where there's the whole stereotypes of you know black people growing up. We know. Like one parent or whatever. So I mean, I had both parents. Uh, Siblings went to none. None. No, so you're a, a solo kid. Yeah, solo kid. Cool. Um, which speaks a lot about my character, I think. Well, I think we were uh, kind of talking about I, that. Yeah, we'll be yeah. definitely getting into that a little bit um, later. But uh, yeah, just grew up, and I was, you know, went to went to Banneker Elementary School, and then to, I was in the. Uh, so when we took the test to like go to school, sure. Um, at first, uh, they were going to, instead of going to kindergarten, they were going to put me in second grade. Uh, but then they were, and then my mom was like, now, which I was like always pissed at her about because I was like, I could have been out of school a lot earlier. Yeah, you could have uh, like had a whole different adventure, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, and it would have changed. You know, I don't have any regrets on anything, so I'm happy with the way my life's going now. So Totally. Who knows? And Butterfly we, effect, you know? We all, all, all the things we choose, you know, right. they all lead to where we're going. Exactly. Um, and then I, uh, so I went to Banneker, I went to Tolleson, um, I went to Westside all in what they call the GT program, which was the gift and talented program. So it was supposed to be for like accelerated kids. Definitely. Uh, um, not me. I was not an exceptionally good student. Uh, I mean, I was like all through elementary school. I was like about junior highs when I was like. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, I'm going to go to school of hard knocks now. <laughs> like, you know, do you yeah. think any of that like spoke to your teachers? Because I felt like when I was in school, if my teachers weren't actually teaching me and trying to make me learn and they were just throwing the curriculum at me, I yeah. tuned out. And I feel like sometimes the, the definitely the gifted kids could easily tune out because it's... 
it's, you know, it was a different, it was a weird, uh, this almost makes me think of two points at once. Oh, uh, sure. Well, first, like, okay, so as far as the teacher thing goes, like, I feel like I just had the basic mix of, like, there were some good teachers and then there were some, you know, just teachers who were just kind of there. Uh, I think that could be said for, you know, any mostly place. any industry or whatever. Yeah. Um, the weird thing about, so when they had the GT program, it was like the GT program. And then uh, in our school, we also had uh, kids who were just doing regular, normal high school, like just the normal level of what you're supposed to learn or whatever. Um, so like in retrospect, I've had this conversation with like a few classmates and stuff like that was kind of because I don't. I don't. Re- I personally don't understand how people remember anything about their life before school starts. I agree with that. Cause I don't remember anything before kindergarten. Like I've heard stories about stuff happening when I was like two, three, or four. I don't remember any of that. My fiance remembers weird shit. Like she remembers, like you know, like I remember seeing the first light when <laughs> no and you were like what really? out the no she just remembers like i remember being two and being like doing this and doing that and i was like that's weird to me because to me like my life didn't take shape until i was in my own society of people i guess if that yes, makes any sense totally uh so yeah like there's that plus being at a school where it was the GT program and the regular program, it became this apparent thing of two different classes of people in a sense. Like, like, like people, like they thought that we thought we were better than them. Um, and they probably thought you guys got preferential treatment. Right. Yeah. Preferential treatment and stuff. So like, that's, you know, I mean, just even thinking about the current climate of today, I guess, totally. like, that was my first learning of that structure of life. Like totally. how people act and, you know, and, you know, people got along and stuff, but then there was always this kind of like always allegiance to one side or the other, you know, and then there was always people in the GT program who overcompensated by constantly hanging out with like the roughest, I guess, people, if you want to put it like that, like uh, in, you know, regular like just the School. opposite side of yeah, the spectrum like it, for them. It just you know, it just it it mirrors the way life is right now. Like it just literally like I was I was I've been training for Facebook since I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> like if that makes any sense. I've been training for Facebook. Like I, I'm ready to go. That. Yeah. Like, you know. Um so yeah, like that's how life was in uh school and I was just always kinda like I was my mom was super involved during elementary school and like PTA and shit like that. And most of like the GT moms were, and they had like their click, like you had you their know. hands in it too. Right. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, our moms are always there and shit. So that probably throws a stigma. Like I'm sure if I was in a situation where this other group of people, their, their parents were always there. They were always doing like kind of cool shit. Like, I mean, I feel like <clears throat> it was good and bad. Like, I missed out on a lot of just normal high school shit. Like, when I... Because, I mean, fast forward, I got kicked out of the GT program uh, after my freshman year of high school. You were just too smart. Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, I was just being kind of like... Why did I initially get kicked out? I don't even remember it. Oh, no. Yeah, like, it was just... Yeah, it was just like something something happened, and I got kicked out, and then they were just like, you gotta go to regular school, but then, like, I was supposed to go then to a different high school because of where I lived. Like, Mm -hmm. I lived 
on one side of Gary. Different like, district, yeah, right? Yeah, completely. And like, um, I just uh, stayed where I was at. Uh, I was super into music when I was in school, so that was kind of my focus at the time. Awesome. Like, and I was always like, kind of like, just a stupid dude making dumb jokes all the time and shit, you know. Um, and when I got kicked out, like, I remember going to, like, uh, English class for, and it was my first time in regular. And it just, it was weird, too. To me, in my mind, the, the, the different programs had a different atmosphere. Uh-huh. Like, so, like, when I went there, it was just, like, I was in, like, this muggy, like, undecorated, like. Wild, know? wild west because, of yeah, school. Because, yeah, like, our classrooms had, like, obnoxious posters everywhere of, like, be who you can be. You know, yeah. like, always constantly motivating. And then those classrooms barely had anything on the walls, which, again, to me, mirrors the way things are now, where some things are, like, like what was it that they were like, well, we should motivate these kids more and not motivate these kids more. It's just dumb. Like, you look at it, it and you can actually see classism yeah, like, happening. Exactly, exactly. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very weird situation, like, and it's like, I don't, I mean, I guess it made me ready for a lot of stuff. Sure. But at the same time, I question, like, you really need to, like, inflict all that type of shit on children. Like, just let children be children. You yeah, know what let, I mean? Learn. Um, that should be the optimal, like, goal for kids. Yeah. Just teach them. That should be But all I went matters. to this English class, and, like, I, I remember, like, they were like, I had never had to do a term paper. Okay. Like we we did dumb shit in our English class. Like we did, we had this thing called a lilac sign. Okay. I don't know if you. Uh, it's lilac stands for I am L I lovable and capable. I forgot what the first L I stands for, okay. but it was like lovable and capable or something. And it was like a paper plate, and you put it on it, and then like when somebody uh, gives you a criticism, you tear off a piece of the paper plate. And you give it to them, but then, like, when they give you a compliment, you stick a piece back on. And it was just a very weird, okay. you know, we did shit like that, or like we had, like, you know, like projects where I remember reading uh, the book Great Expectations. Okay. And uh, we had to do, like, just kind of a project about the book, picking something, some aspect of the book, and doing a presentation and a project. I I remember I built uh, Miss Havisham's house. Whoa. Yeah, like, my mom helped me do it, but... Still awesome. I built it, like, we painted it, and, like, put little furniture in it, and made it look like a shitty, dingy, like, old... uh, Shack. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was like, yeah. So, like, we did shit like that. So then when I got to regular English class, it was just like, term papers. And I was like, what? I was like, why? what is this? We're like, going to flex your brain right and now And I was like, all right, so I just got to do And then this was all stuff that I saw, like, uh, in public schools, like, on, like, TV. <laughs> and, yeah. like, like, in TV shows and shit like that. So I was like, okay. So I approached it as such because that was my only guideline for how to do it. So, for, of course, I'm like, all right, well, is there somebody around here that I could buy papers from? Like, how does this work? Like, like is, there, is there a Zach Morris here where I can, yes. you know. Crazy Saved by the Bell reference. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, you know, it was just a lot different and a lot the same. Um, I almost didn't graduate. Wow. Uh, so it's like you just definitely have a journey. I get curious. You get kicked out of this program. Mm-hmm. Do you think that moment, whatever happened, which it doesn't really matter what happened, but yeah. did that shape you towards your comedic journey? 
Like, because you got pushed into the regular system of, like, that different, which allowed you to have perspective maybe that no one else did? I mean, maybe, like, in a vague sort of way. Maybe uh, if I hadn't got kicked out of GG program, maybe I'd be doing something else. Okay. Or may- maybe I'd be more in the system now than, you know. Oh, totally. Who knows? Like, yeah, you know, like, it could have driven you I, worse Yeah, I don't path. know. Um and I don't remember anything like initially like just changing in me like at that point. I, I do. I guess that was I don't know if it was right before or right after. It might have been before. Uh, there was a time in my life where like because I like, you know, grew up like going to church and shit and all that. And there was a point in my life where like I decided I was going to completely forget everything that was taught to me by other people. And, like, figure things out just on my own, on my own. Because there's things like, you know, like, I went to church. I believed in God, like, purely based on... Uh, other people pushing you to yeah, that direction. Yeah, other, other people, like, having me in that situation. You totally. Know what I mean? like, it's like when people are like, oh, I'm a Cubs fan because uh, my grandfather was a Cubs fan. And it's, it's like, like, well, you yeah, didn't have cool, a chance like, then. Yeah, but it's just like, do you really like that team? Like, or do, do you, you even like, like the sport? For yeah, that yeah, matter, or like, are you just doing it because, you know, it's a tradition or I'm it's definitely, like a Thing. I'm definitely guilty of that. Your Bears, I mean, on your chat. I mean, I love the Bears also. So. I, I don't like the Bears. Really? Yeah, it's just a shirt. You're just like. It's just a, I think this is a shirt from when I used to work at a bar. Oh, that's And I awesome. had to have a sports shirt, so I just put it on because I got to change later. Like, I don't, sure. I hate the Bears. Really? I hate the Bears. So, I favorite hate, team? Uh, Colts. For a minute. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Indian, Colts. Indi- Indiana. Yeah, born and I was a Colts fan. Um, before As a Peyton. kid during the uh, Eric Dickerson days. Oh, excellent. Um, and then, like, I just kind of followed. Like, I just watched whatever. You know what I mean? Like, watched whatever team was playing at the time. Um, there was that gap. And then Peyton Manning showed up. And it was like, well, <laughs> like, we're good for, like, the next 12 years. Guaranteed. Like, and we yeah. were, weirdly. Like, you know, we were decent. But only walked away with one, right? Uh, Against yeah. Chicago, of all teams. Yeah. Against Chicago, uh, they went twice. Yeah, yep. went twice, only won once. But I, I still think that Saints Colts uh, one was bullshit. There was some bogus call at the end, right? Uh, yeah, there's that. But plus, also that was the same year that. Uh, remember, like after that, after the Saints won the Super Bowl, it was that whole thing where they like had like we're paying people bonuses to like take out like certain players and shit like I that. I remember that the whole like hype in the locker room yeah. on hurting people. I do I remember, remember the game that, that they cuz I uh they faced uh they faced uh the Vikings. Okay. In the um in their conference uh and then um or in the, um you know Did they retire they, uh Favre? Yeah. Wasn't that the remember? hit? Yeah, yeah, they, oh, man, knocked they him fucked out of his him boots. Up. Killed him. Man killed him, and I wanted I wanted the Vikings to win because I wanted to see Brett Favre versus Peyton Manning. Like that's what I wanted. Oh to see. man, that would have been a yeah. Great I was like Super super excited Holy about shit. that, and it was the Saints, and I was like, I don't care, <laughs> I don't care about the Saints. And I- also, that was right after. That's one of those things where like, um, like the Saints won the Super Bowl right after uh, Katrina happened. Oh and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just like the Patriots won the Super Bowl right after nine right eleven. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like it's sports. That's do you think it's rigged? That makes you think it's rigged, right? A little. I bit. I think there's yeah. I think there's like pushes towards certain outcomes. Like, like hey, I don't think it's rigged to the point win. where everybody like goes out and it's like you know, 
We all know WWE. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, totally. yeah, it's not like storyline like that, but I do think there's certain things that are pushed. Definitely. Uh, a certain way and the certain ways they want money to go and, you know, that's totally. just life. Back really. to it, though. Yeah. So when do you start, like, getting the comedic bug in you? Weirdly enough. So I've always been into comedy. Um, so who are some of your influences just right out the gate? Uh, I mean, you know, Rigmarole, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. That's just a normal thing you say. I remember uh, uh, on Foodies when we had you as a guest, you said also Chappelle, obviously. Chappelle, obviously. Yeah, uh, Chappelle is my now. Like, he's the GOAT right now. Like, oh, yeah, um, for sure. The person who got me into, like, actually... The person who made me say, I can do this, okay. and I want to try to do this, was Patrice O'Neill. Okay, yeah. yeah. Patrice, Patrice O'Neill. O'Neill. Hell yeah, funny as hell. Like, I saw him. I was living in New York, uh, and I saw him at the Comedy Cellar. Um, and I didn't know, like, as much as I knew about comedy, I knew a lot about mainstream stuff. I wasn't getting super deep into it. Also, like, I mean, this was at the very, very, very beginning beginnings of talks of the internets and stuff like that so yeah. it wasn't how it is now where it's just like you could just go off into the deep end on like some obscure shit you totally know? You just whatever you got through the tv that's what you got <laughs> like yeah, absolutely you know? um and i saw him uh at the comedy cellar and he did uh like i don't know probably like 30 40 minutes uh of it it was it was i didn't know I didn't know, have the knowledge about like, you know, when you, you, you analyze somebody's set, like, like how I do now, you weren't picking it apart while you were, but I could very much tell. And it was very much evident that he did 30, 40 minutes of no jokes that he wrote. Like it was just him just talking and riffing and bullshitting for like 30, 40 minutes. And Patrice O'Neill, like a lot of comedians will tell you Patrice O'Neill is one of the best people, you know, to ever do that. Uh, Definitely in the New York scene. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I saw that and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is really cool. <laughs> like, I, feel, I, I feel like within all of this, I've got to go back and go backwards because you said you were in New York. Right. I was in so New York. How, um, you left. Did you leave Gary immediately and, and journey to New York as a thing? Or So, yeah. I mean, so, you know, I when I graduated high school, um, I went to South Carolina State. Okay. Uh, and I was there for a year and a half. Um I probably started smoking my most weed Hell once yeah. I got in college. Uh, I spent college really like like I got a scholarship, a band scholarship. Uh, what instrument? Uh, I got the scholarship for playing the tuba. Hell yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, I played saxophone most of my life. I like I actually I got a scholarship for playing the tuba after learning the tuba like literally like a year before. Wow, that's so amazing. It, that was pretty cool. Like, because I taught myself the tuba the summer before my senior year because our marching band didn't have any tuba players. So me and this other kid, Apollo, uh, taught ourselves the tuba. Uh, he played trumpet and I played saxophone. And then we were the tuba section. And, Holy shit, yeah, that's awesome. Good time. Uh, I didn't know you could lay down the brass like that. That's incredible. I think so. I mean, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure I think about it a lot now, like where I'm like, Cause you know, then like I didn't smoke cigarettes or anything. Like now, I'm like I smoke too many cigarettes. There's no way that I no could... breath support. Yeah, like, just, there's no way I'm losing like, it pretty just pretty die fast. And pass out. Man, but that's an interesting muscle that you could flex at any point. And I mean, even in your comedy, or even yeah. as far as if you 
venture outside of comedy and start doing like music in a, in a whole different yeah spectrum. You know, you have those things that you can just play at your disposal, which is cool. So college on a tuba scholarship, mm-hmm. start smoking uh, weed and get creative. Right. What, uh, where where spent, does this lead? So yeah, so I dropped out of college because uh, you know they were no longer going to give me free money to you know smoke weed and stay on the phone with a girl named Mercedes till like six in the morning. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's what I was doing. Sounds like a hard beat. Well, it was, it was, uh, the internet was new and exciting. And it was like, you meet a girl in the chat room. You're like, Ooh, let's talk on the phone. And then we talk on the phone. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's time to go to breakfast. And then I'm like, I'm not going to that math class at eight. <laughs> like, like that's not happening. I will go to band practice though, because that's what I'm here for. That's who's paying my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's who's footing the bill. So, I uh, eventually left South Carolina. Um, state and i came back to indiana um and i did the basic thing of like i signed up for classes at iun uh i got i started working in the uh service industry cool um we've all done a, it yeah i was a host at like fridays and then i became like a bar back and a server and then started bartending at different places and started making my way up and down 30 i was one of those dudes that like worked at every restaurant on 30 yeah uh, you were hustling man yeah you do what you had to do so i was doing that um this is also around the time where i discover white people um okay because when i was at south carolina state like south carolina state is a historically black college totally uh so that's that's why their band is so fun yeah and um so when i was working in a restaurant that's when i was like hanging out with white people more often or whatever and discovering things like you can burn like fires in your backyard and they're called bonfires so i was like i remember i got invited to a bonfire i was like what the fuck is that <laughs> like i went and it was just i was like oh it's just like a house party except for there's a fire in the back and i was like you could burn fires in the back of your yard. Like, why didn't I do this my entire life? Like, as a child, you been having <laughs> fun, absolutely. Yeah, like, like, why didn't I do this? Like, shit, like that, and uh, started hanging out and you know doing my thing. I was in a couple of uh, plays with IUN's theater. Sweet. Um, just random, like thespian status as well, man. It's just something I wanted to do. Like, I was, I, I was doing stuff at the time where I didn't realize it would become part of my because I was into music. Like, I was doing music and I was like, like uh, producing beats or whatever and stuff like that. And I was super into that for a while. Um, and then uh, the weird transition from that to comedy was. That one of my really good friends, uh, this was after New York, of course. Well, let's go in order, I guess. However <laughs> you want, man. That's literally, it's, order, it's, you can bounce uh, us around however you'd like. We're... Yeah, like I said, I lived in New York. I, I moved to New York one day randomly because um, I was in the, it was my, one of my first of many times of getting tired of the region. Oh, like just getting sick of like being like, this is all these towns, blah, blah, blah. No matter what bar you go to, somebody knows you. And like, well, I was just sick of it. You know what I mean? You just wanted to be to yourself. And I was always like, you know, I, I, I was the young dude who was always fantasizing about fame and stuff like that. You know, I would watch this. I was watching MTV religiously at this point, you know. Um, MTV is how I found out 9-11 was happening. <laughs> like, I was in uh, school when that happened, so it wasn't MTV. <laughs> Most but. of my friends are. like They're like, I was in school, and I was like, I was hungover. <laughs> like, I was hungover waking up. Like, But we'll get to that. This was after. So this was, uh, yeah, one day I was just like, I got like 
a big check. Um, it was like I had trained to be like a manager at this restaurant. Plus, I was bartending, so I like had all this money in one rip. And I was like, I want to leave. <laughs> I was like, I want to go. Um, packed up and so went. So I packed. Yeah, packed up. Went to New York. Uh, got a one way ticket. Went to New York. Uh, got a job like the second or third day I was there. Were you terrified? Um, I mean, was there any part of you that on yeah. that journey? I mean, you'd went to college, obviously, and that's your own experience, right? But New York is a different beast. I feel. I was. I. I think I was more excited than like I was. I was terrified, but I was more excited than terrified. So I was you were just on an like, adventure. yeah, like I was like, I just want to do this. Like cool. this is what I want to do. Like you know, my my dream was to stand in Times Square instead of watching it every fucking day. You know. Hell yeah! So I love that. I went and. New York was everything uh, it was supposed to be. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty serious scene. Uh, as far as like you know, uh, big jump from coming from Indiana and then going to New York and like trying to figure it out. Oh, like, yeah. and I figured it out. I did a decent job at it. Uh, lived there for a while. I you know got into like I said I I got work like the second third day I was there. Um, I stayed in a, um, uh, so I, 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 New York was a lot more expensive than I realized it would be. I knew it was going to be expensive, but I didn't know I was going to deplete through my funds like so quickly. So like I depleted through my funds like within a week of being there, but I got the job. So like that was okay. But then it was like, okay, well I can't afford to stay in a hotel the whole time I'm here. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Um, so then I stayed, I remember I, busted down to like staying in hostels for a little bit uh and i got kicked out of this hostel because from this point this is the first time i got drunk in new york okay i went out and uh got drunk and don't really remember the night but i do remember uh i woke up in my hostel bed and the entire staff was standing around me and like i'm like what the fuck and then i looked down like there's just throw up everywhere so apparently i came into uh, my room which you know it's a hostel so it's a shared room totally with other people and like i just laid on my bed and like i just threw up and then passed the fuck out uh which you know it happens i guess you know but the whole staff was there and they were like get the fuck out so i left there and i was just like okay and hostels in new york are like pretty pretty booked yeah. All the time. Because yeah. people are coming to New York all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I remember I, a couple of nights I slept on the train. Uh, and then I uh, went to a homeless shelter. Uh, and it was weird. Like, I'm, like, at a homeless shelter. But, like, I'm the only dude at the homeless shelter that has to get up in the morning so I can go to work. Um and this lady was real cool about it. Like, she just let me. And it was just, like, homeless shelters. I mean, I... I'm sure there's nice homeless shelters somewhere, but this was not one. Like, this was just like, you know, everybody had like their chair, like one of the steel chairs, you know? And like, you know, you set that up how you set it up and, you know, that's your thing. And, you know, she was able to, like, I was able to like, you know, I was making tips and stuff. Uh, I was working at a Friday's in uh, New York um, and the one in Times Square, actually. Wow. Um, So I was making decent money and then I would come back when I get off of work, I would sleep with all my money like on me. And then immediately in the morning I would go to like the counselor or whatever that uh-huh. was like like hooked me up and I'd be like, Can you please put this away and you're safe or whatever and like I was there for like three weeks and then I got enough money to get my own place. 
and then I got my own place, and then uh, New York was dope. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Need another yeah. scene change? Yeah. Or? Uh, I mean, I was good for a while. Um, did a lot of ecstasy. Uh, Interesting. Did a lot of ecstasy. Like at that point, before I got to New York, I was either I I either smoked weed a little bit or like drank a little bit, uh-huh. but not like you know excessively or like I've yet to have been like. Like, I, I've been drunk, but, like, you know, I've yet to be, like, fucked up. Like, fucked like, up. So oh, like, oh, no, that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, so I got to... And the reason I was doing a lot of ecstasy is because I was selling ecstasy, um, which also, uh, at the time, uh, big moneymaker <laughs> in New York. Like You're big, in the hustle, man. Yeah, you were really big, just big doing what you could. New York. So I was, like, doing that and, um, you know... Barely eating sometimes. Like I was probably at the best weight of my life. It looked great. Like when but I would you come back to Indiana, yeah, ultimately. yeah, I was unhealthy as fuck. But I'd come back to Indiana. People were like you look really good. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, go I, on my diet. I, I haven't. Yeah, couldn't. I was like, my diet was. I always tell people I joke now when they're like, uh, I need to go on diet. I was like, you know what the best diet is? I was like, just do a bunch of XC and only eat ramen noodles and uh, microwave popcorn. I was like, that's it. I was like, Man. you'll be fine. Ooh. I was like, you'll be tired. <laughs> I was like, you'll be tired a lot, but you'll be fine. You'll look good. You'll look great. <laughs> like, you'll be cut. Right. So, um, yeah, I did that for a while. And then um, uh, I went down to Atlanta because uh, I wanted to try to get this internship with uh, Equimini Records. Awesome. Uh, so I went down to Atlanta to do that. I went down to Atlanta on... Uh, September 10th, 2001, uh, and uh, went out with some people, got drunk, got fucked up, um, woke up the next day, like at like, like 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So everything had long since happened. Yeah, and like I woke up and like my, my natural thing was to constantly like uh, turn like wake up, grab a remote, turn on MTV. Like just to like start to ease into my day, you know. Yeah. Um, that was that was the equivalent of grabbing my phone and like at looking time, at it to absolutely. be able to like, just turn on MTV. And, like, and see now what's we scroll, going on. and like it looked like the news, and I was like, "The fuck is this?" And I'm like turning the channels, and all the channels are showing the same shit. And I'm like, "What?" And I look, and yeah, nine eleven had happened, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, I did have a cell phone at this time. It was like the oldest like cell phone. No, like, one of the Nokia you know. bricks. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. with snake so, on it. Yeah. You gotta love that yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I had my cell phone. I looked. I had like uh, like thirty or forty missed calls or whatever. Oh, fuck, because you just mom, moved from New York, right? I didn't tell my mom I was going to Atlanta. Uh, I was just going like you I'm were grown gonna, ass man. Like, and, I, like, and, and I think go the other thing too was probably you know if if something was going to come from that you would then be able to tell her you don't want to hype her up on nothing. Right, right, exactly. So you know I just went like down just to see what was going on and um yeah nine eleven happened and all that shit was going on and everybody you know I'm watching the news I'm getting caught up on everything I'm like what the fuck like I'm trying to call people in New York and you can't get through people in new york at all like like just all the lines are like like crazy busy like not that not the normal like eh, eh, eh. it was just like a message would pop up like saying something about like this line cannot be reached at this time you're like what the fuck is going on and i finally talked to my mom and like she knows i'm nowhere around there or whatever and uh you know 
then like I'm like okay well I gotta get back to New York at some point which I had to eventually take a bus like a week later like a week after 9-11 happened and I took a bus back up to New York because you know planes were like no a crazy thing yep. at that point um nobody knew what to do there was no TSA <laughs> like yeah. there was just you know um or at least not as serious as it is now you know it's weird because I remember taking a flight in like 1996 or 1997, mm-hmm. and I think I still have literature and stuff from that flight because it was like my yeah. first flight, and I'm a kid, and I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah I'm going to keep this shit or whatever. But I, I, I just remember like, that's all we got. There was no pat down. There was nothing. Right, right. And, and the go. culture then to what the culture is now, and I fly, I've flown a lot more as an adult now, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. It is definitely a huge Oh, huge yeah, it was gap. huge. Well, when I was in New York, like... I had went up to just on a whim for a weekend when we went to Canada. You just go up there. You just go to Canada. Like it wasn't like you didn't have. Up to Niagara Falls probably? uh, So we went over to, we would fly over to Toronto actually. Um, And then there's a couple of times where we drove up there. um, And I think you drive through like where the Niagara Falls is and stuff. I don't know what the Niagara Falls looks like. I don't know. I've done most of like most of the traveling in like certain places like that. Like at this point in my life, all of them are me being fucked up in some way, shape or form. (laughs) So I enjoyed it at the time. I'm sure like I'm sure I was like, ooh, but I don't remember it now. Like it's yeah, it's kind of a waste. That's uh, all right though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had fun. Um, but yeah, like nine eleven happened, and eventually, like I had to get back to New York and like get my shit because my apartment was um, my apartment was probably like two miles from the World Trade Center. Super so it wasn't close. that far. Like you know what I mean? Like and no, two miles. We is used close, to be able man. to sit. On our rooftop, like we had like not like a fancy rooftop, but like just like you had access to the roof, and yeah. we threw a futon up there. Fuck yeah, uh, I would have. Yeah, and you know we would you know bring like radios up yeah, there, or whatever. Super lit up there, party. just yeah. chill. Um, but we could see the World Trade Center from my apartment, like right there would like always be lit, like different colors and shit like that, and be stuff going on. Uh, they used to have in the kind of like the square or whatever of the World Trade Center, they would have parties like uh like back then Paul Oakenfall was like the biggest DJ oh, in the world. So yeah, parties. they would just host huge parties and you can kind of faintly hear it. Like Damn. you know it was just like a cool thing. Like, you know, um and then uh one of the dudes in my building, he actually got a job for uh he since does not work there anymore, but he got a job uh for Time Magazine, or I, no, I don't even think he got a job for Time Magazine. He was just like a one-off, like freelance oh, thing. Yeah. He was, he was had also been drinking the night before, uh, and he was passed out on the roof. And then um, he woke up uh, after the first plane hit, and he was like, "What?" And he had his camera, and he took a bunch of like photos when the second plane hit. Um, and he got one of his pictures in Time Magazine. <laughs> so he got a freelance like, deal. That's yeah, badass. he got a freelance deal off of that. He got that credit for it. You know, like he got paid. Like it was just, it was crazy. Like I was like, that's that's insane. Like so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Man. So that had to shake you to your like fucking core, right? It was weird. Like it was very mm. weird because it was like it was something that I've never. It it was seemed like suddenly something. 
that I had like kind of thought about when I read like stuff like that in history books or whatever, like about Pearl Harbor or like when yeah. we go and like bomb whatever we bomb, like with other people or whatever. Uh, like, you know, you think about what are they going through? Like, how does that work? Like, and then like, you know, you would always think like people have never touched uh, American soil up yeah. until this point. <laughs> you know, then, now now uh, we've been touched. Now it's like, well, what's going on now? Um, which also I feel like I'm not going to say that, uh, by no means before all this happened was like racism solved or like people were at the perfect peaceful harmony with each other or anything like that. But it was a pretty sweet time. Like it was a pretty sweet time as is compared to that moment on. Dude, <laughs> like, the turn of the millennium, like, I mean, it felt like there was a new beginning for everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was like cool. And it, like, it felt like, I always call it that sweet spot when everybody was listening to Nelly and Justin Timberlake. I was like, it was yeah. that sweet spot. Like, it was like, we were all like, you know, I mean, there was no like color blindness. Like, black people knew white people were white. White people knew black people were black. Totally. But we were just like super, it, it felt like, at least my experience, it felt like we were getting to a point where uh, we were comfortable with each other and more people. We were on an incline, I felt like. And then at that point... Everybody started to go to the same goal. Right. And <clears throat> then we, at that 9-11 happened, and I feel like, you know, once it was this weird thing, like, I kind of watched it happen. Again, this is from my own like viewpoint and opinion and stuff like that. Um, but I saw, uh, you know, nine 11 happens. And then the, uh, you know, the, the talk and then the eventual prejudice that was always probably around, but more prevalent now, uh, against like Muslims and absolutely you know, middle Eastern. And like that became a thing. Um, well, we were in a part of a time in history there, too, where, you know, they're driving people through the news into this fear mongering mm-hmm. where they're showing these pictures. They're giving you these ideas. They're giving you all these concepts and, and making everyone think this one certain thing. It's very pertinent that you bring up the Muslim divide yeah. thing because, like, I don't watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but there's like that new Roseanne or whatever. Mm-hmm. But apparently this most recent episode was like her talking <laughs> yeah, about. I how, heard about that. Like, and I was her, just like, I'm going to watch it eventually, but. <laughs> Just like, like she's why? afraid that her Muslim neighbors are going to blow them up. Like, yeah, and, and I'm just like, like that's an irrational. But there are people like that, so which person. is unfortunate. <laughs> like, you know, there are like it, that's just ira- like I can't even. I don't know. I'm very untrusting. Totally of a lot of people in a lot of situations. Like, totally, totally. You know, like every time I walk into an alley, I was like, oh, I might get mugged or raped. Like I was like, that's how I feel like because that is. Alleys is synonymous, you know, totally. with that to me. Like, you know, I watched a lot of Batman, I guess. Yes. Bruce Wayne's parents <laughs> died in Alley for Christ's yeah. sakes. Um, but, you know, it, it just to automatically think, just, I, 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 you know, I don't understand the concept of, I don't understand the initial concept of judging people on their race or the color of their skin. But I do understand 
the continued behavior of it once it's already been established. You know what I mean? Exa- if that well, makes any sense. like Exactly, that. because there are like stereotypes that are created within stereotypes. Right. And then those, it's fucking weird, but those stereotypes even being created yeah. almost validates certain types of people in all oh, cultures. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what spectrum you're on of any, of any color or race. Like it, it comes down to simply put, you've got, you know, uh, the idea that there are crazy minority redneck hating people, right? You know, but they exist, yeah, and they feel validated that they exist, and that's the thing that's terrifying. It's just because a weird thing. Like I don't even get like I I've been trying to understand the gun thing for a while. Like I've been really trying to understand the concept of like, re- like people who are really like hardcore, like no, like. The uh, se- it's Second Amendment, right? Correct. Yeah, the Second Amendment right of having my gun is like important to me, and I'm like, how though? Like, how did that happen? Like, how did it become a thing where like important in your life? Like, I mean, well, it, it, the it's a rabbit hole of conspiracy is really what it comes down to because these people believe weird. they they believe that okay, Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Some people are arguing you got to change the Second Amendment up. We need to have better gun laws and restrictions and and re- and code and and way to check people, right? Right. But there are some gun owners that hear that and they think you want to take away my guns. It's not even a battle of taking away the guns. It's a battle of getting it's, it to where things are more regulated to hopefully bring right. some. Right. I mean, it's it's. I mean, to me, it's like it's a natural. Like okay, like it's the natural thing of like you know if I need to. Like I right now, like just because, like you know, I've, I've, you know, fucked around in the streets a little bit. Like, uh, so I've been in situations, uh, you know, uh, being arrested or whatever. So being in the system. So like, as of right now, like I still have like little, like little mundane court dates that I have to like catch up with or whatever. Um, but like, and it's all dealing with like my license and stuff like that. Uh, once you like get your license suspended, it takes a lot to get it, you know, back. But, yeah. Um, and that's like kind of just the natural <clears throat> nature of owning a driver's license. Yeah, is you know, and we accept that because it's like you know to operate a vehicle or whatever. So I don't understand why it's not the same thing for guns for a gun, which is far more deadly. Like you know, what I mean, like the, the more deadly or something is. The more serious you know, it should be, with yeah, the restrictions, serious, right? You know what I mean? Like you know, be, people give people. I I hear stories about uh, uh, people having a hard time with their fishing license. <laughs> like I, I hear, I, was gonna I hear bring that up, more yes. stories about people having problems with their fishing license than I hear about a gun license. That's like, crazy, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, like and I know and I understand the whole thing of like you know people can get guns without licenses. Well, I mean. But whose fault is that, though? Because it's a trickle-down system. Like, they're, the, the reason there are, there are guns, like, there are, there are probably hundreds and thousands of guns in America floating around from person to person, like, illegally, is because at some point an arms deal was made way high up. Mm-hmm. And then that became a thing. And then, you know, guns are just like cars, just like clothes. They go out of style. People... Want push it to the next push to the thing next. things get trickled down you know things get tri- you know so it's like you know that 
that that that uh super cool uh family reunion shirt you got from a yard sale or something that's just somebody else's family reunion. Yeah. That's what the guns are. Exactly. Like that's what the guns on the streets are. It's just somehow mm-hmm. that shirt got trickled down into the system where it was just at a yard sale. Somebody picked it up. Like and then maybe he like maybe his girlfriend started wearing it and they broke up. She just happened to have it. Then maybe she gave it to somebody else or that's how the guns are. So it's just like but that they're guns. They're not yeah, t-shirts. They're not they're t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts can't kill people. Yeah. Unless you fuck around and get caught in a t-shirt, dryer or t-shirt something. T-shirt guns can barely kill people. <laughs> like, so, but yeah, like, it's, I don't know. I just don't get the idea of, like, where people are, like, super serious about. And I'm not against, like, if you want to have a gun, have a gun. But. I mean, just go through the proper channels to exactly. get a gun. And like, be safe if they it. need to check and make sure that you're not crazy, then I mean, if you're not crazy, then you shouldn't have any problems. <laughs> like if you if you're not crazy, you don't have a, like a ridiculous, like terrible like record of like you know misusing or whatever. Like even criminal, like you know, I feel like there should be something where if you're constantly uh, if you're constantly going been to jail for domestic violence you probably shouldn't have a gun correct because you know if if you've done all that without having a gun and you just happen to be able to have a gun now like what who knows what you're gonna do you need to prove yourself exactly like maybe not getting into domestic violence exactly. every other month like i don't know like it's just very and that's the thing like it's just you know i don't know it's just a very weird situation and i don't get why uh People are so upset about it. But at the same time, I was also annoyed by those children okay. from the lakeside or Florida or whatever. Okay, the, the, yes. Yeah. Like, I wasn't annoyed by them per se. Well, that one dude kind of is oh, like the annoying. David Hogg guy that yeah, everybody the thinks that, is, yeah. a, is, is a, uh, the, the, the great conspiracy. Minnie, Minnie, Minnie Anderson Cooper. <laughs> kind of, yeah, he kind of looks like that. Um, that dude's got some balls on him, though, because he's only like fucking 17, and he did like some interview yeah, with ABC, and he's the, like, fuck this and them, fuck them, and I'm like, Good Whoa. for them for doing that. I mean, I know that's like the field that he wants to go in. Yeah. It's the stuff that he's doing now. So super sweet. This turn, I mean... It sucks that, like, you know, a bunch of his classmates had to die. Totally. Like, because, you know, for him to get into this opportunity and, like, I get it. He feels some type of responsibility and there's this and that, whatever. It was just, to me, it was just showing it so, so much. And I was just like, and I just hate, like, just, the, I hate that. He turned it into, like, his championing of it. Like, it was his sword to pick up and fight with. Right, which is fine. And I just, I just hate, I hate the idea that now. That politics is in pop culture now. I hate this concept. I loved it when, like, I didn't know anything about what was going on. Not, like, that I was, like, being ignorant of stuff or whatever, but it was just, like, some stuff, like, it's, like, You right, want your well, music to be what takes you away from the real right. shit. And if you want your real shit, right. you go check the news right. out. And I've always been a pop culture dude. Like, Hell you yeah. know, as far as, like, even just, know, even stuff I'm not into, like, I know about just because it's part of pop culture. And, you know, for a while, like we, the internet, we talked about pop culture all the time. But now that politics is in pop culture, then all we do is talk about politics now. And it sucks. It does suck. Sucks a lot. Like it's, it's not fun. There's nothing fun about it. And you can say like, well, you know, now we're all like 
more informed or now we're all woke, but we're all miserable human beings. Totally. Like, so... And we're all just desperately waiting for know, whatever this great change right. that everybody is hoping for happens. I don't think having, you know, the oversaturation of knowledge of politics is helping you be more of a quote-unquote woke person. Like, I don't think that's doing that. Like, it's just making you... It's, form, it's forming your... You should be forming your own mindset, like instead of having your mindset formed for you. And regardless Correct. of e- even the most person, obscure person who's like, I only do this and I only look at that, and like I don't let you know. Every person who blames you on the internet for, uh, they'll be like, Oh, you're just falling prey to the media of this and that and the machine. It was like, but you also are too because you're saying that same thing that everybody's saying. That's a catchphrase now. You're what w- you're saying is a catchphrase, and that's what you're doing as well. Being like, woke is a stereotype too. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. And to me, like <laughs> when I think about the concept of woke, like I would never say I'm a woke person, but I would say this: I have come to accept in my life that I have to consistently learn. And be able to go, okay, well, this thing that I might have learned is actually not really the truth. And this is the truth. And this is what I've learned is actually the truth. Right. And not a lot of people have the ability to do that. They're always like, oh, well, I have this one trusted source now, man, so I know it's fact. But what if it isn't, you know? Yeah. That's why I just, like, treat everything like it's a... I I, I got into an argument with some friends one time online, or a couple times online, because, like, we'll be talking about something, and they would, like, bring up Snopes. And it was like, well, on Snopes it says this. And I'm like, well, but Snopes is also what this is. Like, Snopes is also a thing on the internet. That somebody could affect with their own agenda. Right. Like, so I don't understand why that is the end of that's the same it's the same level of believing the bible being the end all be all thank you you know what i'm saying it's the same absolutely level, which is ironic because a lot of these people who like live or die by snopes also are like there's no god there's no real bible stupid blah blah and i'm just like well also you i mean you know in, in um in in the movie get them to the greek um who played aldous snow's uh wife or ex-wife What's her name? The British chick. Uh, she was also in the uh, hit USA show Damages. Oh, uh, I have no idea. Damn. Uh, Burn Elizabeth. Burn Liz. Burn. I don't know. I don't know. But she says this line where she's like, um, "Cause like th- you've seen the movie. You've never seen. Get no, 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 no. That's with, uh, with, Russell Brand. Yeah, with Russell Brand. Never saw he's it. Out of snow from his character from Saving Sarah Marshall. Never. Which you've never seen. That I've either. seen. I've I've okay. seen Saving Sarah Marshall. Yeah. So he's this rock star, or whatever, and he's like gone, like you know, he's he's getting like fucked up or whatever, and you know, he's doing his rock star thing, um, and she's uh, they're they're talking and having this conversation, and she says that uh. He, it's something I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something to the effect that, uh, you know, he she was talking about doing like yoga all the time and shit like that, like, um, and he was like, yoga can be your heroin too, like anything can be your heroin. Anything can you know be I mean? an addiction. So Absolutely. I feel like anything can be your religion. Like I mean, people who actively are constantly preaching the idea that there is no God are actually in a religion. 
Because they're preaching a concept. <laughs> yeah, because they're preaching a concept and they're trying to push off on other people. Like, that's that's what that is. Like, and it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that, like, people, like, so everybody who, you know, makes the decision of, like, oh, well, I know this and I know that and, you know, so I'm quote-unquote woke or like oh i only put my money towards this and i put my money towards that and all i was like well first of all if you're putting your money you could pick and choose whatever you put your money towards and i'm sure like you know just like voting like it has that minuscule effect it really doesn't matter that much yeah Um, that money's gonna get to where it needs to go also uh your money's getting taxed so unless you're paying every person for all your goods up under the table your money's getting taxed by the government so you're still you know you're still contributing to the thing that you're against in the first place. Like, so it's just like, it's just, I don't know, in, I don't know, enjoy life rather than trying to pick it apart. Totally. All day. <laughs> like, that's what people try to do, pick it apart. People like, have forgotten the escapism that you can have in life with right. movies and, and TV shows right. and shit. So back it's, to it, though. Yeah. Sorry. You No, you're okay. I love sorry, that we sorry, went sorry. the tangent there. I just don't want to, I don't want to skip out on learning what happens. So did you decide, like, after the events of 9-11, I can't stick around New York? It's just too painful? Uh, It was just too, I couldn't afford to, like, move. Uh, because I had to move out of my apartment because even our apartment wasn't damaged, uh, like on the outside, but the debris from the towers falling down was in the air everywhere and it got into the pipes and electrical work. So, so many buildings needed like all those repairs and it was months and months. Yeah. And you know, there's only, only so many workers at a time. So like it was going to be a slow process of everybody doing whatever. Um, and it was a little chaotic. Uh, also, uh, my grandfather, uh, in Indiana was getting sick and getting old at the time. Um, so it just made sense. Like I didn't want to, but it made sense. And I left and went back, went back to Indiana. Yeah. Went back to Indiana. Um, and then, left again uh and went uh back down to Atlanta for a little bit uh and then went to um went to uh Auburn Alabama uh, I was technically in Opelika which is right outside of Auburn okay. Alabama um but yeah um I was down there for a little bit uh I was staying with this girl uh on campus <laughs> at Auburn University awesome. for a while, uh, who I actually like did really dirty, like, uh-uh. like, like I didn't do anything like you know like bad like physically to her. Or anything no, like that, but, it was uh, just the situation. Yeah, yeah, I was just like you know I was an asshole. Um, and, Live and learn, man. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then, yeah, I was down there for a little while, and then I came back up to Indiana again. Um, and around this time, I was in Indiana for a while, and then this is when I began to uh, get in uh, get a little bit of trouble uh, and, and go to jail a couple times. Uh, jail sucks, if anybody is interested. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> it's like, like, as it's been portrayed, it's, yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. It's actually better the way it's portrayed, probably, like I would imagine. Fair like, enough. A lot of times I watch it, I'm like, that's not, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> like, they, they wouldn't do that shit. You don't get that. Like, uh, but yeah, I did that. And then um, around this time also, I was one of my buddies, Mikey Goodpaster, uh, he was uh, doing independent movies. Um, cool. I was still doing my music at this time. Um, 
and I got um, criticized by so many uh, people that I was selling beats to that like my my music was too orchestrated. Okay. <laughs> that I was like <clears throat> I had you know started thinking about stuff and I decided I kind of wanted to delve into like film scoring and shit like cool. that. Um, so my buddy Mikey, who was producing and directing movies, um, he um, had me work with him for a little bit. Uh, and then he needed a, uh, somebody dropped out of a role or something and he asked if I could do it. Cool. Um, and I did it and it was a comedic role and it was really fun. Um, it was for the movie, uh, all the love in the world. Uh, and it was really fun to do, uh, terrible, terribly budget movie, but, uh, terrible. Like it was good. It was, it was a good script. It was an amazing script, but like just, the the, some of that. The main actor was a terrible dude. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then it all falls apart from there. Like, you know. if he's an asshole, then no one wants to show up yeah. to do it. I don't know. Just... He might be a real cool dude now. Who knows? Uh, but then he was just like, for that production at that time, it would just uh, uh, set a uh, terrible precedent for everything else oh, yeah, to fall into for place. Sure. Um, but I had fun with the process, um, so. I continued to do stuff with Mikey. Um, and then I was like, well, I should put this, you know, put some wheels into motion. Yeah. Um, so I went and did my first mic, uh, my first open mic. Where at? Um, at a place called Doc Ryan's in Forest Park, I believe. Park for- Forest Park. So open mic, open mic night. Yeah, it was open mic night at Doc Ryan's, uh, like in the Oak Park, you know, uh, area, um, and I did uh, terribly, Uh-oh. terribly, uh, but I liked the feeling of it. Okay. Um, so I tried it again, and then I tried it again, and I tried it again, and you know, here we are now. Started to get your bearings of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was super into it. Uh, after like after like a few months of doing that, I uh, went to Second City uh, to actually I took uh, the acting Hell program yeah. there. The holy ground. Um, so I did that, uh, and then you know, uh, comedy became my life after that. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I got submersed into the uh, scene and the culture in Chicago. Um, and then, you know, I started running, uh, started running a show in, uh, Crown Point, Indiana. That's actually the first time uh, I met you was there. Yeah. I th- was it the Zodiac? Zodiac? Or, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Probably, yeah. I think you and, I think maybe was I Jake did 15. Was I living above the Zodiac at that time? I, you know, those details I don't remember, dude. It's been so fucking long ago. For a while I was but... living above the Zodiac and apartment above the Zodiac. That's kind of cool. And it was like the best, worst time of my life. Uh, it was fun, like, and, you know, like, I'm running the show downstairs, like, I live upstairs, like, yeah. seemingly the perfect situation, uh, but also, like, just partying a lot, man, like, you get, just partying, you get I was living in, in the square, like, I was yeah, like, you don't yeah. have to go anywhere, right, so there's food, like, there's drinks, there's right. fucking opportunity, right. like, there's abound, yeah. so I was just McDonald's, like, right. like, a block down, if you really Ex- need it, exactly, Shit. exactly, like, so, yeah, I was doing a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot. A party and, and eventually, like, you know, I was producing my show, going over to Chicago to do open mics and stuff. And then eventually I was just like, well, nope, 
first of all, I got to take myself out of this situation. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to just move to Chicago. So then I moved to Chicago. Um, and Chicago was great. Um, Chicago was nowhere near uh, overwhelming to me. Totally. Uh, as it was to a lot of other people. And it's probably due to, like, I had moved to New York. Yeah, New York was the big deal. So, like, when I was in Chicago, I was like, this is easy. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, this is really easy. So Way less people, too. Yeah. yeah so, it's yeah. It definitely less, less stressful, for sure. So, uh, yeah. Um, there was, yeah, there was that. I went there. Um, and, yeah, like I said, the Chicago comedy scene was great. Like it was great. And was well, and like, it's led you now to where you're at, which is like you've got yeah. to, like we were talking about earlier a little bit, and I wanted you to fill us in on it. Like mm-hmm. you got an album coming out soon. I do. When do, when was that recorded? Uh, so that was recorded February 24th, uh, which February 25th is my uh, like my comedy anniversary or whatever. Sweet. So it just so happened that I got that was the date available for the theater. <laughs> and then like, I had kind of looked back and it was like February 25th was when I was like posted on Facebook, like just started comedy. like just did my first mic. Like, uh, so I was like, Holy shit. Like that works out perfectly. It was like a perfect eight year, like, you know, stretch. Um, and we recorded that, uh, at the den theater, uh, in Chicago, which is a beautiful, beautiful, uh, venue. Sweet. Um, and, uh, just kind of just got everything off of my chest that I had been working out and working on for, I mean, some of the jokes are like not the full eight years, but probably like six, five or six years old. In the making, working on them. Yeah. Some of the the jokes range from being five or six years old to stuff I wrote two months before. You know what I mean? The, the, I recorded Finishing touches. Right. So, um... It was good. It was Man, good. Man, that's got to be a little time. terrifying, right? What? Because you're. I mean, explain to me if if I'm if I'm miscalculating this, mm-hmm. but new jokes written two months before your your you know show that's being recorded means that you didn't really have time to like run those and make sure. Right. Unless you ran on and and Amy Schumered somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like. Amy Schumer. Like, what the fuck? She Uh, needed (laughs) ten minutes for SNL, really? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't. Here's my thing, as a person who's, and I've only been doing comedy for eight years, and like it sounds like a lot to like, I mean, maybe. Dude, I people. was in a band for ten years, and yeah. eight years is a fucking long time to yeah, dedicate is, to something. It is a long time to yeah, put your fucking heart into it and to never stop wanting that thing, man. But, yeah, true, but I mean, there's the it. It was always the rule to me in my head, like I had read it or heard it somewhere, where a comedian has to do comedy for ten years before they go on to do something great. Like usually, like that was like kind of looked at as like the average of like You're what was there. happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> two more years, man. Um, but like I just for for eight years, the art of actually performing comedy, I've loved it consistently, and I still do. Um, so I mean, and as much as like a rebel I am with certain things, as far as like networking with people or like you know um going to like kiss people's ass like to you know get spots or like whatever like you know there's stuff i rebel against but like there's some stuff that is just natural that everybody just holds unspoken rules you know what i mean totally uh one of those unspoken rules is that uh you do not get 
just go on stage while somebody like you're no worse than just a heckling audience member Correct. like to, to go on stage while somebody's performing and this kid like I don't know this kid like I never heard of him whatever I think he's got a podcast too though yeah um he uh and I don't mean I don't I realize when I said that like it sounded weird like I don't I don't expect him to know me either. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't know of this guy either, but, but it's yeah, interesting he was, because... He was at Caroline's, and the Caroline's is a big club in yeah. New York, and he had his friends and family there, and it was his first headlining set at Caroline's. That's an important fucking day. Like, I almost shit my pants the first time. Like, I just was at, on a showcase at Zany's. Like, and this is Caroline's. Like, yeah, it was it's Caroline's. the big time. Yeah, super big, and he had his family there, and probably like you know what I'm saying just like I did my album just like Amy Schumer has done multiple albums you know you put your life's work into 15 20 30 40 minutes of like however long you're allowed to have yeah and then having somebody just you know fuck up your flow (laughs) like while you're which like I said if it were anything else if she had gone up there like this was his big break or something like that and she knew it so she went up there and like said something really cool like it, that would still be questionable oh look this is me passing the torch bitches right, you know or but something but it would be it would still be questionable just because she should know as it's a comic you go up there and disturb somebody's flow the most the slightest little thing throws off your floor especially for a show like that i'm sure he was doing all his top-notch shit yeah. all his very concise his complete bits like you know and somebody throws off your flow like that like that's weird like and he was really nice about it like when you read about stuff he was like you know people are talking about his headlining set yeah because she did that and that's super great but as far as I'm not trying to look at any outside variables of like marketing, the what could be this. straight up the right. act thereof, right? That that's for him to decide and make something out of it and you know do well for it. Yeah. But the straight up act of like invading someone's art like that, that's I shitty. Can't and I mean she was already on a you know thin line with me anyway. Like I mean again, not that my opinion matters because it's Amy Schumer just gonna do whatever the fuck she wants. Totally, but. It's just kind of like the whole. I think I'm more upset by the story proceeding up to it, where she like came to Caroline's to do ten minutes, which of course you're gonna do ten minutes to work on some stuff. Which now I think she's working on. Is she hosting Saturday Night Live? Yeah, I think this next week. Um, so she was like working on stuff for her monologue, which is fine. I'm gonna be really shitty if she does not bring this up though in her monologue. Oh yeah, because Use you it. no fuck you like fuck you and your set like that you yeah. were trying to work on your ten minutes and that's great like that you're trying to do that and you go you know and you have that right to like go to the owner and be like hey can I jump on like whatever but you can't jump on in the middle of somebody's set you can bump somebody yeah. like that yeah you have that perfect right you have that royal or push the whole set kingdom 10 minutes freedom. back yeah but right. he was already but, in it yeah he was in the middle of his set and she couldn't just wait just wait go sit down and enjoy yourself set remember what you love about comedy i love going to see other people's sets all the time just because i just want to enjoy being like you know an audience member watching comedy you get lost in it too yeah it just upsets me that she would do something like that like because it's not like it's not even like she was like you know uh 
a, a, a Joan Rivers or an Eddie Murphy to where like they had start being like you know movie stars for so long. Yeah, their whole self as a stand up comic was kind of lost. Correct. You know what I mean? No, she's a stand up comic because that's the only successful stuff she does. Her movies aren't doing that great. No, they're not like, that great. So it's like you know, and I'm not saying that to shade her out or anything. I'm just saying these are just facts that I'm laying out on the table. If you look at like, the numbers, yeah, like you you know that's what it is, and you know this is what it is, and you should have some. You are a comic by you know like by birth, like so you you know better than that. You know better than do that. Like yeah, it's <laughs> you just fucking rude. Like and I would have been. You know, I if it had happened to me, I try to look at it. If it had happened to me, uh, I would have been shitty in myself about it. I probably would have been like him and being like, you know, being very diplomatic about like how okay, I dress fine, it. Okay, fine, cool. Yeah. Um, I would probably milk it for everything it's worth. That's for sure. Like, yeah. Amy Schumer interrupted my set, like blah blah blah, and you know, do this or whatever, and like I don't know. It's it's. Really what will weird. you do if he shows up on SNL to interrupt her monologue? Oh, then they, that's what happens. then they, you know. I bet you that's what happens. Yeah, that's. I mean, this is gonna come out before that Saturday. Night yeah, it'll right? come out the day before. All so right. we're so we're stamping. Yeah, we're booking that right yeah, now. We'll like he it. comes out and interrupts her monologue, which seems like the easy go-to thing, and they could do a lot of stuff. Gives with him that. thirty seconds of spotlight. Yeah, carry him about his way. Or like he'll probably be like, maybe she does that thing where like you know how they do that bit when they like take questions, from audience, audience members, members, but it's it's never audience members. It's always cast. Um, so he'll probably be one of those people, maybe or something Super like smart. that, and he'd be like, oh, like you know, and you know, okay, everybody, somebody in the crowd at SNL will be, ow, like do that, yeah, and, you know. So I got a question for you. What the Amy Schumer thing is like, like you said, if it would have happened to you, it's a shitty situation. In comedy, what is the shittiest thing that's happened to you when you've been on stage that you've had to overcome? Because I feel like mm. that could be a loaded question, but I feel like there could be really interesting stuff for it's, that. I mean, I, I think it is kind of a loaded question because, I mean, there's a few things that have happened. I mean, it, it just depends on... I mean, I've had the situation where, uh, you know, first starting out, like, forgot all my jokes. Oh, you just yeah. go up on stage and like, lose I, your train. There's footage of that too. I have video footage of that too oh. that I actually posted online. Like, hey whatever. man, you gotta learn. Yeah, I put my shit out there. Like, you know, a lot of comics are against like putting like mics and stuff like that online. I just put it out there just because I want people to see the growth. Totally, like, you know, watch man. it and follow it and be able to document it from this point to that so, point. Do you have a YouTube channel that, like, has all these? Uh, so you can either find it on Digital Lizard Productions okay. um, or, I mean, you can find it all at DigitalLizardProductions.com. Okay. Um, I used to do this little uh, video blog called Stand Up Suicide. Okay. Um, and it was just me going to open mics and doing stuff or whatever, and, like, some shows were great and some shows were Not terrible. <laughs> like, but, yeah, like... <laughs> I've had that happen like early, 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 early on. Um, you know, and I think everything, everything, my first two or three, there might be other comics who would agree to this. My first two or three years, everything, every time something bad happened on stage, mm -hmm. it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Like, like every time it happened and it happened multiple times, you know? So it was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, that's what it is. Um, but, uh, I mean, as far as I haven't had anything like 
super crucial. Like, remember that um, video that was floating around on the internet where that dude, one of the audience members, ran up on stage and was like throwing, like, yeah. a, like swinging a stool at a dude? Yes. Never had anything like that happen. Um, never. I feel like hecklers are uh, just a thing that you have to get used to. I can't remember if I've ever farted on stage. I don't think I have. Uh, maybe I have and just didn't notice because I was in my zone or. But I feel like if I felt like I had a fart while I was on stage, I would make some sort of reference to it. Oh, yeah, and then uh, utilize that for know. comedy purposes. Yeah, nothing really. I mean, it, I guess like it, it's very relative to the time that it happens, I guess. So as of right now with everything I've done and everything like I'm proud of mm-hmm. uh, that I've done, nothing yet has terribly happened on stage. Um, I definitely... Uh, was uh what's his name Jason Aldean? Like, okay, yeah. I never had one of those things where you know a mass shooting breaks oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, so I, I would feel like if that happened, I'd be like, well, that's the worst thing. That that's ever the worst happened, thing that happened, but, absolutely. So uh, you've been kind of ble- cursed and blessed with not having anything stupid like that happen. I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. So pretty then, much. I guess on the flip side, the other thing I I've never had anybody like call me a nigger, like well, from that's, you know, that's from good. the audience. That's cool. You would. Probably, I've had people think, not laugh at stuff I said. <laughs> like that's and again at that's, the time that's probably got that was hurt. devastating. Yeah, for like, sure. You know. Like you prepare a joke um, and then it doesn't land. Yeah, I was. I would say in any situation like that, I did this corporate gig one time. Uh, it was early. I mean, it was probably like year four or five, uh, and I did a corporate gig, and it was people who came out to the show that I was producing. You know, a couple of times, mm-hmm. so I was hosting it. Wanted to book me for their holiday party. Cool. And I was like. Cool, you know, I got me a you know feature, and I even I supplied the DJ or whatever. I made it like a package deal or whatever, um, and I was headlining this show, and uh, <laughs> I went up there, and it, so the company was I forgot the name of it, but it was something like dealing with like uh, house developers okay. um, in uh, like Northwest Indiana, mostly like Gary Indiana. Okay. Um, at the time, I had a bunch of jokes about Gary and him. Um, they didn't think they were that funny. Um, the people who came to my show before, who booked me for the thing, mm-hmm. thought it was funny. It was weird. It was this uncomfortable thing where the black people there did not think I was funny, and the white people did think I was funny, which has kind of been the running theme, like the first five or six years out of my career sure. <laughs> like uh where it was like i mean i'm not like you know a chitlin circuit comic by any means okay sure um i don't know like it's just i just tell jokes in the way i think like i don't try to put on like a persona i'm not saying people do that like you don't really filter it it's just it's yeah you, i just say whatever i say um which you know is, is sometimes trouble now uh but I I was just telling jokes. Like, they were funny jokes. I thought they were well put together. Like, in theory, like, I'm sure if I look back on those jokes now, like, I'd be like, oh, I could have made this funny by doing this because I'm, like, I'm smarter now. You're more seasoned. Yeah. Than I was then. But at the same time, I don't think they were that terrible to where, like, I think it was, like, more people being in their feelings and being like, oh, this dude's, like, making fun of Gary. Like, well, it's, you know, there's some jokes there, motherfucker. There has have to you, be jokes. Have you been to Gary? Like, there are jokes there. Like, so, and yeah, I true. grew up there. So if I can't make, like, people make fun of their own shit It's all your the fucking time. right to make fun yeah. of it, man. Like, it's, yeah. I can, my fucking hometown 
is something you've never heard of. And when I tell you it, you're going to say, first of all, what the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. But then it's even stranger because not only does it have a weird name, it's the mascot that everybody gets fucked up on. So Hoopston, Illinois. Hoopston. Never heard of it. Okay. No. Our mascot's the corn jerker. It's a giant stalk of corn. That is no fucking joke. That, like... No, 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 no. It's not about jerking off. No, no, no. (laughs) It was about because, like, the I guess the football team forever and a day ago, like, they were detasseling corn. Oh. They were jerking the corn. Oh. And the football coach was like, you corn jerkers, get off there and come to practice. And that's the, the fucking history. So it's ridiculous. <laughs> you got to make fun of your shit. It was based on, like, just a frivolous made up verb. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, and weird. it's like their heritage now, man. And I'll be damned if you make fun of it. <laughs> like, I'll be damned if you like go at them because they like they're vicious, man. That town's brutal. <laughs> so, of course, you got to make fun of your fucking. Well, yeah, up, like man. I just I don't know. I just always do it. And, you know, it, they were just, you know, they, they weren't feeling it. And that's fine. Sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, even though like there are some shitty crowds yeah but at the end of the day as a comic you need to take responsibility and be like well what can i do to make it better to make it you know to do that um so uh yeah that happened and that was really weird feeling of me just being up there and like everybody just looking like what the fuck crickets and it's isolation and then still because i signed a contract and everything i still have to go and continue your set get paid yeah continue my set my full minutes and go ask for my money like you know like it's it was just yeah it was a weird feeling okay pay me now please yeah yeah i was just like all right i'm just get out of here was it like, at least a decent- and i had to like hang out like it was oh. just like because i supplied the dj like so i had to hang out for the whole entire thing before you know um so yeah was it that was very awkward like at the end extreme. when you're like can i get the pay and they're just like well, I got the pay from the people who actually liked me and thought oh, that was funny. Um, obviously, like they, you know, when, once you're in a situation, then they begin to laugh less because nobody else. They're noticing else that weird. everyone's being weird, and it's like you know, I first time I ever did an all black club uh, did not go very well. Interesting. Uh, yeah, um, if you cannot tell by the, the the inflection in my voice, did not go very well. I think that's you know people I mean and it was kind of expected like I mean that's how it was in high school like you know like it's the whole idea of even like now the way people are people are having an open discussion about it now uh some of it is based off a lot of ignorance but the whole thing with like uh Donald Glover and like um he made the video and then this like is him being pro black but then also him having a white girlfriend and or white wife I think it's his wife uh and children or whatever yeah. and can he be this or whatever and the the statement being brought up that you know black girls weren't into him because he was like I hate the term blurred, but a blurred, a black nerd. Like, that's oh, like the term. Okay. For that. I, I've never heard that. Um, yeah, like, that's like the ongoing. You know how, like, there's so many made up terms. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Incel uh, is one of them, which I'd never heard of till recently. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that, like, I mean, I have a pretty dope personality and have been able to go far beyond my means when it comes to, like, being with women. Okay. Sure. Uh, totally. I think. But, um, there is something there to that notion, I guess, um, of, as far as, like, a person not, you know, there, there's a thing in the culture where, you know, you can be considered uh, not black enough or whatever. So, you okay. know, um, but, you know, I still, 
no matter how unblack you say I am, like I've still been, you know, pulled over and profiled by the police and like stuff like like you and I still go through You've the same shit. You've dealt with the same like, shit yeah. that is unfortunately. So it's like, you know, I just don't, you know, talk a certain way or like I like different shit. Like I like Radiohead, I'm sorry. So what? <laughs> like band. what you like, man. Like I mean, I, Radiohead's dope. Musically, I, they're fucking dope. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah. you know, I also like you know Outkast and fucking Wu Tang and all that shit. Like I mean, I don't. No. I love that you weird... went to work for Equimini. Like tried to get a gig at Equimini oh, Records, yeah. and Equimini's an amazing album. Like probably one of their best works, honestly. It is. But it uh, is. Yeah. AT Alien being the other one mm-hmm. that I really fucking mm-hmm. love. But uh, to get back to it, man. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of the failures, then the the other question obviously is like the the proudest moment. Would your most recent um, outing with doing your stand up and having it be for a CD release was that like the pinnacle as of right now for you? Like your holy shit, I'm on my way to doing whatever it is I'm meant to become. Um, I mean, yeah, that's definitely one of them. I mean, you know, my I have a daughter. I have a 10-year-old daughter. Excellent. Uh, um, and, you know, that was a super proud moment of watching her being born. Yeah. And also just kind of like, weirdly day-to-day stuff like of just seeing her become a person and seeing the evolution of me inside of her but seeing her being a different you know yes whatever absolutely um but then also yeah like this is like a big huge thing like uh and but now it's like a thing where immediately like it happened and the whole night just exhaling from it and then the next day i'm immediately like all right whoa what do I need to do to capitalize on this? Like, what's how next? Do I, what's yeah, the next like, step? How do, I do, how do I take it a step? Like, I mean, I'm at, the, at, at being 40, I'll be 41 in October. Uh, at this point in my life, I'm like, I mean, you know, just, I mean, at least give me the, uh, the initiation process, a list of the initiation process for Illuminati. And I'll uh, just let me you know. You will sign up? Maybe there was like a dude floating around on the internet that was like messaging people and like inviting them to join the Illuminati. Hmm? Yeah, it was it, it, <laughs> like I saw Just this, some dude, some dude like he was somewhere like Bob or fucking Fred or yeah. whatever the fuck his name was. But he was just friending people, and you think, oh, this guy is perfectly normal, and he would just like send one message, just like hello, and then you're like, hey, and then he's like, so I have this news about the Illuminati, and we would love for you to join, blah 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 blah, and I'm thinking, Illuminati, that is not how that works, yeah, Illuminati motherfucker. Illuminati never turns into the Jehovah Witness. No, like, that's God, not, no, it doesn't work that way. That's hilarious. But yeah, uh, like you know, if they were to tell me, hey, like, uh, you know, hey, we want you in or whatever, I just, I, I just need to know what I gotta do. Like if I, you know, I don't want to do any, you know, I, don't need to sacrifice anybody. Probably. Yeah, I don't want to sacrifice anybody. Like you know, like obviously they're like kill your daughter. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, all right. I'm all right. Leave me alone. Illuminati denied. Um, but if it's just something as simple as like you know, oh, just you know. You have to uh, you have to come to these sex parties. <laughs> I'm like, oh well, yeah. I, I, You're like, I get. You I, I think pull I could. I think I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I can do that. I have to a... move some things around in my schedule, but <laughs> I think I can, you know, pull that off. We'll squeeze it in there for you, folks. Yeah. What's the time exactly? <laughs> so, okay. Well, before we get out of here, what's the next thing up for you? You've got the album coming out. What's the date uh, on that? May 25th. Okay, where can uh, people get it? The album comes out. Uh, it'll be available on anything streaming, so you can do it on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes. Uh, you'll also be able to order it um, to own it on uh, Google Play and you know Fuck things yeah. of that nature. Um, it's called Word Verbum Science. 
and yeah, May twenty May twenty fifth is when that will come out. Oh, that's and like then, right around the corner, man. Like two weeks away. Yeah, like two weeks away. Holy shit. Um, and then after that, I will be at the Lowell Bean Spot. Uh, doing a show the day after on May 26th on that Saturday. Cool. Um, at 8 p.m. Tickets are 15 bucks if you're in the area. Um, typically I'll I be am. hosting. I'll be hosting that show. Uh, my buddy Brad Rickard will be headlining. Cool. Um, and then I'll be kind of doing shows, popping in here and there. Um, yeah, just popping around a little bit. Uh, I am like I'm getting married. In September, like, you know, like so you, said, yeah. it's you know, I'm taking time to. I don't want to be one of those assholes. It's just like I'm not, you know, I'm busy. You just plan it, like, you know, I'm, you know, being an active partner. Excellent. Um, yeah. and then after that, like, I'm sure after like everything settles down from like the wedding and honeymoon and stuff, which will be around the time that like I finish. Usually taking, usually I take like kind of a break every like end of September, beginning of October, because it's birthday season. So yeah. we're getting. Married in birthday in our birthday okay. season, and then you're going to be um, right around the corner from holidays. Holiday, yeah, yeah. And I'll probably be doing a lot of shows then too, like Sweet. get my schedule back up and everything, and go from there, and like try to push harder, and you know. Well, excellent, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I haven't seen you since the last time I was there, so yeah. if I can make that show on the 26th, I think it's going to be something that's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, come out, come well, out if you can. Yeah, for sure. I'm in Lowell a lot, so that's good to know. I'll have for to sure. mark that in the Definitely. calendar, man. But. uh I want to say thanks so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank I feel you. like we could sit here and talk for like 16 more hours, but you've got other stuff going on today. Yeah. 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 And no uh, I also too am doing some things. So uh, thank you again for coming on. Um, as always, folks, you can check out the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com, where you can get the Voices of Survival podcast, as well as a bunch of other awesome shows. You can go to our Patreon, give us $1 for early access or 3 bucks for early access and exclusive content patreon.com backslash journey into comics also folks go to itunes spotify podbean stitcher radio google play music we are on all those different services streaming you can check us out journey into comics network where you'll get all of our shows again on one feed uh, i think that's going to do it for today keith thank you once again so thank much you, for coming brother. on man. appreciate it thank Fuck you yeah it man. was it was a blast and uh, look forward to doing more podcasts with you for sure so we do I'm hell down. yeah all right folks well this was the voice of survival i've been nate I've been Keith. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, you did that perfectly. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's the outro, folks. <laughs> I just happened to look up, and I was like, what? Oh, oh I'm, I'm Keith. Keith. Yeah, yeah, great. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Voice of Survival. We'll check you guys later.